Welcome to the Swim Swim Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. We are joined by Swim Swim Editor-in-Chief Braden Keith in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and international savant, Loretta Race, I'm sorry, uh, joining us from Kentucky. Loretta, Braden, what's up? You ready to talk swimming? Loretta, I'm... Loretta, I'm glad you could find time in your busy schedule as BBC's lead swimming analyst um, to come on the Swim Swim podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, BBC's fun. <laughs> we're, we're more fun. We have better accents. <laughs> well, I don't know about that one, but we I, I do concur. We're more fun. So let's dive into some swimming. ISL, what? What's going on with your face? What do you mean? The fingers of God are descending upon it. You know, uh, when it's a sunny <laughs> when it's a sunny day here in New York, <laughs> you let the sun in. Oh, what can okay. I say? You let the sun touch your skin. <laughs> What's the dangly earring? Which what is it? It's just a it's just a point. Okay. It's so I can I spear my it enemies. If I thought it was like be. a pair of goggles or something. <laughs> oh, I know what Coleman's getting need. for Christmas. That's what I need to get. <laughs> uh. All right, let's talk swimming. ISL final, energy energy won, much to the chagrin of many of our fans. They beat Cali all because of a relay DQ. Let's just throw it out there. My first question: Was it a DQ? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's. I think what Lily said in 2019 is exactly right. That on slow mo, it's a DQ. If the official is at a perfect angle, I guess she could see it. I think, I think there's a problem with the rule. You know, I think maybe it's a DQ, but I do think there's a problem with this rule and that there's too much subjectivity. We hate subjectivity in swimming and there's too much of it in this rule about where the line between simultaneous and non-simultaneous falls. I mean, I think it's whenever you have humans involved, it's it's just going to be sketchy. I mean, it's, it's totally subjective. So it's like you said, naked eye, looks legit slow-mo like literally slow-mo looks like a dq so i but i don't think like some swimmers were saying there's like this huge conspiracy like anti-condors bias kind of thing i don't think that's i don't i really don't think that's going on i don't think there was anything sinister i think it just was it happened to be her yeah no i don't think there's a bias either I, i think what it really highlights is a problem with the jackpot system the swing from one yeah. questionable two-hand touch was too big. It should be a 10-point mm-hmm. swing, 15-point swing. You know, whatever the number is, 50 points is just too much. And I think that's the problem that was highlighted there. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Loretta nailed it. We need more robots in swimming. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they tried that in baseball. Tori's not here, so we can't, we can't talk baseball as much. But they tried that in baseball. What they found out was that nobody actually understood the rules. So like the strike zone as written isn't actually the strike zone that has ever been called in about six different ways. Um, And I won't get into the details because this is a swim swim podcast, not the baseball (laughs) podcast, but um, that's always the comedy of introducing robots into sports is you wind up rewriting the rules because it highlights where the rules don't make sense. Which, which maybe swimming needs, right? Uh, Because yeah, I mean, it was, Again, like you guys said, it was a questionable call. And if it, it, to the human eye, it's like, I, yeah, I guess that ref just happened to see that one. And that was that. 
So that was the controversy, but yeah, again, I don't think there's a conspiracy here. Um, Energy Standard did was pretty open about all the substitutions they made last minute. Braden, I know you highlighted they basically won because of a master's swimmer. Um, <laughs> but so let's talk about energy and all those subs they made. They put Mary Sarf, Sophie Harvey in the 400 IM instead of the backstroke skins. They had Skradi in the backstroke skins. Um, and then they, they put Adam Barrett instead of Chad LeClaw in the men's fly skins. And like all of those things ended up essentially winning in the match. You know, it, it, it comes down to what we've always said. Energy standard continues to understand the format better than anybody. They have the coaches with the right mindset to, to look at these things. Um, you know, the takeaway from all that, you know, when you hear their explanations, it's like, Oh, of course I was kind of surprised that they didn't have Shkodai in the 50 back to start with personally. Um, you know, I think this final showed what the ISL could be. Yeah. Constantine Gregorian, who founded the meet and funds the league, um, has, has always wanted more highlighting of the strategy of these kind of strategies. And the problem has been that the meets are never competitive enough for these kind of strategies to matter, right? Like this was far and away the most entertaining, the most exciting, the most dramatic meet we've had all season. Cause even if you had a close meet in the regular season, it didn't matter because that's the same teams were always going to go to the playoffs, um, so to me, this highlights how good the ISL can be. And in addition to all of their various administrative problems that I assume everybody listening to this podcast has is sick of hearing about at this point, the money and the marketing and all these other things, um, they, they've got to fix the parody in the league. They've got to have more exciting meets. They've got to have a more exciting league table. They've got to make more things matter so we can have more of these kind of strategic substitutions for people to talk about and fight about and debate about and do all those things that sports fans, you know, love to do. Maybe don't like to admit that they love to do it, but it is what makes sports work. And uh, the league needs to find a way to have more of those things. Well, let's also talk about Shoystrom swimming those four events in basically two hours. I mean, that was insane. And the fact that I think she won I don't know, half of them, she got first. And I don't know that one of the individuals, and I think the relay. Mm -hmm. So that was absolutely phenomenal, obviously deserves that MVP award. So I I think it also demonstrates the fact that you have these mega weapons on some rosters that just are going to do their thing. And I pity the other teams. (laughs) Well, you know, Showstrom, we can't, we can't forget she broke her elbow earlier this year. She was supposed to go home early, (laughs) earlier this year. And now she's the ISL MVP because she went home, got an x-ray and the doctor said, nah, you're good. You can go back and swim. (laughs) Um, you know, I think that's all very cool. The, the chatter among some of the athletes, this is an inside scoop, swim, swim, breakdown inside scoop, um, is that they want smaller rosters next season. And that's partially because of the depth issues but I think what everybody's figuring out is that if you have a swimmer like a Sarah Schostrom or a Caleb Dressel, they're worth more just swimming them over and over again. Even if they don't, you know, they miss a win here or there, they're still mm-hmm. worth so much more from a marketing perspective, from a points perspective, from a relay perspective, from all these different angles. And, and these real superstars can do more than they've been pushed to do. And some of the issues with um, short rosters and all of these other things some of the athletes are saying they want smaller rosters next season, which I think would be interesting. It would make the times matter even less, which is what the ISL has spent the last four years trying to do. 
Um, so hmm. just some chatter. Hmm. So one idea that came to mind when Braden, you were talking about, you know, how can there be more parody instead of every event having the potential of jackpots and just throwing this idea out there. What if right before the match started, they announce two to four events uh, in the session that would be, you would be able to jackpot points in. Do you feel like that would I, add enough parity to, especially for those smaller teams who might not have a chance at winning a match otherwise could maybe cash in? No, I like the idea. So, so I'm, I'm halfway through an editorial where I'm going to propose an idea that each team gets X number of jackpot cards in a meet that they can play on whichever events mm. they want to play them on. Um, the jackpots have some value for excitement. They have some value in getting the stars to show up because they can make a little extra money. But uh, Barry Revson has shown time and time again that the jackpots almost never matter in the outcomes of meets, which is, I think, surprising for a lot of people to hear because you see it and it's it just seems like a massive mm-hmm. jackpot. Um, <laughs> but the jackpots are really more about rewarding individual stars um, you know, a Nick Fink who had a big breakout meet and then won MVP, he wouldn't have been able to win MVP as a breaststroker without the jackpot points. But I think, um, but real quick, but wasn't Barrett not getting jackpotted basically key for energy standard winning? It was on a, on an individual level. It was, okay. but swimmers getting jackpotted. So if you, if you rescore all of the meets, um, without jackpots, I think there's only been twice where the order of a meet has changed and it's both been like the third and fourth place teams. It's never been for a meet win. It's never been a team that was going to move, you know, a a bottom feeder moving up. So, Hmm. um, I do love the Adam Barrett story. Uh, I think it's hysterical how many British swim, swim friends are getting offended by referring to him as a master swimmer even though his last meet was a master's meet. <laughs> I just think it's a great story. I mean, he was out of swimming for a couple of years. He was just swimming kind of like local meets for his club. I think he's coaching and, and he was just swimming to score points for his club because points matter more. in some of those meets Loretta would know about that. Um, but I, he, he was basically out of swimming and, you know, his time wasn't the greatest time ever swum, but the moment was, was a really right. cool story. Yeah. Agreed. So that's our ISL. Any more parting thoughts on ISL on the final before we I'm, move on? I got to say, I'm glad it's done. It's, it's kind <laughs> of exhausting. <laughs> I'm glad it's over for the year and we don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> because now we won't hear about it for six months because that's how the ISL works. <laughs> We're done with season three. We'll see if there's a season four. I was about to say that's the, <laughs> that's the main question. Yes. Um, so, so that was meet number one of three on the weekend. We saw the Minnesota invite, uh, which I got to be at, get race videos, grab a few interviews. Um, what was the biggest surprise for you guys from Minnesota? To me, it was two guys from Texas. It was Casper Corbeau and Cameron Achinachi. Um, on the men's side, it was those two guys showing that they're more than just what we knew they were. You know, Cameron is a transfer in from the University of Denver, which had a very good program. You know, they were sending relays to NCAA. So that's not a, oh, what a terrible program dig. But, um, you know, 
it's not Texas. And he's shown up at Texas and proven that he's a real difference maker for them. It's hard to see with him swimming the way he is Cal beating them at NCAAs at this point. I think Texas was the favorite going in, but now they are definitely the favorites. Um, and the other is Casper Corbeau. You know, he was, he was a good sprint freestyler in high school. He was good at other things, but I don't know if, if the general public at large knew just how good he could be in things like the 200 free. Um, and so for a team that has to choose from 26, probably NCAA qualifiers and, and knock it down to 18, having a guy like that, that you can stick in different places as well as a breaststroke leg is awesome. Um, on the women's side, it's just the, the, the Texas women are good. They are very good. They're deeper than I think they're getting credit for. I don't think they're going to beat Virginia at NCAAs, um, but they're a good team and they're, they're rebuilding. They've got good classes coming in. They had a really bad year going into the pandemic um, they had kind of a few rough years before that, but it seems like the new assistant coach, um, they've sort of settled into what they are and what they're going to do. And they look really good. For me, just being a non-college expert, I thought it was very insightful that the Texas men's B medley relay beat the A medley relay, just in terms of depth. I think that was phenomenal. And I think, oh gosh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Is it Achinachi? Is that right? Archinachi. <laughs> like his, I mean, so he he had a 50 back leadoff that was pretty impressive. So yeah. yeah. So like you're saying about just all around depth and all around well-roundedness, I think that that speaks to that, that the fact that they had two medley relays that both beat Michigan. Coleman, I'm going to ask the next question. Who, so going into this last week with Tori, we debated who's going to win the hundred breast um, at this meet. And I think I said Max and she said Casper and nobody. No, she said Reese. She said Reese. Nobody yeah. said Casper. Um, Casper said won. Casper, <laughs> Casper yes. won. Um, you know, all the Minnesota fans are saying Max was neither shaved nor tapered, but Obviously. nobody ever shaves or tapers. In right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, with Matt Fallon over in Akron going, would he go Coleman? In the hundred? Yeah. 51-4. 51-4. That's okay. He's better in the 200. Uh-huh. So two questions. Who wins the 100 at NCAAs and who wins the 200 at NCAAs? I'll, I'll, I'll step in. I mean, I think Max is still the guy to beat in the 100. Um, he's He won with 49, I think, last year. Um, so second guy to break 50 ever. Uh, and I, you just – you look at him – versus Casper and nothing against Casper. It seems like Casper's having an insane season, but Max just looks like he's built for the hundred. He's built for speed, like natural speed a little bit more. So I think Max still has that upper hand in the hundred um, on top of anyone really. But in the 200, Matt Fallon going 149.7. I mean, I, I did a practice with him. I was talking to his coaches and it's like, he, that dude's going for NCAA titles, you know, like that is his goal. That's what he wants to do. Um, I, it seems like he's doing well at Penn. Obviously he had a really good mid season. So he, and, and we've seen what he can do long course, right? He goes 208 at trials as a, before even getting to college, I, 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 I'm going Fallon. Loretta is, is Casper going to short course worlds? 
Mm, have we done the gosh. Dutch roster? I don't think he is. He's I don't not. think he's, he is not. He's, yeah. I, I talked to him about okay. that. He is not. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I think that helps his cause. I, I hate to say it. Max might have a lot fewer events to swim at NCAAs than Casper. That probably works in his favor. He's not mm-hmm. going to have, uh, he almost outsplit his backstroke or Minnesota might not have relays at NCAAs. Um, so I think that works in Max's favor. I really want Reese Whitley to win the 200 breast. Like I just, I just feel because this is his last year, right? Is he a senior yeah, or a super a, senior? He's a senior. He's, he's not a, a senior. Oh senior. my gosh. Okay. Time yeah. has flown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Um, so I, I don't know if this is Reese's last year, I'd like to see him go out on a title win, but I don't know. Matt looked really good in Akron. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Loretta, what are you thinking for breaststroke? Oh, geez. I'm depending on you guys. Um, Let's talk worlds. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one more, one more thing about the college breaststroking world is that uh, we really saw Casper. Yeah. Like blossom, right. He's doing freestyle relays. He's doing, I am, I mean, he did freestyle in in high school and we talked about that and he last year he found out he was like recovering from mono after the fact. Um, so it seems like he's, he's becoming an E infinity type, right? Where he's, mm-hmm. as Braden said, going to be contributing a lot at NCAAs. That's a great comparison. And also his Oregon LSC record in the 15, 16, 50 freestyle was broken yesterday <laughs> by Diggory Dillingham. Oh my I gosh, hope he becomes an international swimmer and I hope Loretta <laughs> goes on the BBC and they have to ask about Diggory Dillingham <laughs> in a British accent. Dude, that's like, I feel like that's the most British name I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> That is awesome. Uh, all right. U.S. Open was our third and final huge meet of the weekend. Um, we saw Thomas Hailman for big. It was the biggest story. He broke 17 national age group records. I'm just kidding. He broke six, though. He broke six nags. <laughs> that is a lot. Uh, Braden, how do you explain it? Uh I don't know. I love this meet because like, it felt like everything that came out of this meet was a positive story, which isn't usually the case. Um, but he's, he is training under a true world-class coach, Gary Taylor. And we know Gary Taylor had, had not great success at Auburn. Um, but he is a world-class coach who has coached elite international swimmers before when he was at NC state. Um, so I think that's helping a lot. It, you know, his 200 got so much better. That 200 was probably the swim of the meet for him. Um, you know, if you just compare the gap between the records, I think he broke it by almost two seconds. Um, so maybe that's the Gary Taylor influence coming in, but you know, he is, he's, he's a great swimmer. And I think this recruitment is going to be really interesting Obviously staying home at Virginia where he's training in the same pool with some of the same coaches right now is going to be the expectation. Um, but he could be a bona fide star before college. So then you get an NIL stuff coming into the conversation. Um, so I think, I think he's going to have probably the most fascinating recruitment that we will ever see in college or will have that we have ever seen in college swimming. He's just coming into his freshman year of high school where he's going to start that process. Um, And I think because of all of these different factors, 
the home team pull, the NIL stuff, his potential stardom. It's going to be fascinating. And I hope he um, sort of opens up about that and lets people see into how that's happening. Uh, any other intro? I mean, we saw Katie Ledecky do Ledecky things. We saw Leah Smith have a really good meet. Um, she went best times in IMs and she swam two back to fly and had a really good 800. We saw uh, Bobby Fink also doing Bobby Fink things. Um, and then uh, one other, I, as you said, Braden, positive storyline was uh, Mallory Comerford kind of coming back, winning a couple events. Um, you know, she seemed to kind of get into a rhythm. Um, so yeah, overall a great weekend in swimming. Uh, and then, and then we wake up this morning to find out that daddy Diaceto is in Flagstaff training with Coley Stickles. What do we think yes. about this on the, on the Seto roadshow? It is temporary. So he's not going to be there indefinitely. And we know our boy loves altitude. He did it leading up to the Tokyo game. So it's something that he thrives on. So I think that was kind of Coley's almost like secondary to that. But I think it's also because he's a Tokyo Frog Kings coach, which is what, you know, uh, competed for uh, in ISL. So I think there's, it's it's more than a coincidence. You know what I mean? I think it was like a whole, you know, let's sync up and I'm doing this roadshow and I'm going to all these places. And the other thing is we don't know where he's going next. He, you know, I communicate with him. He kind of just keeps me in the dark. I think he likes that, you know? <laughs> um. I, you know, I think, uh, I think the Japanese team has been to Flagstaff before too. And, mm-hmm. and maybe he, I don't know if he was part of that, but there's definitely like a connection there. Yeah. I think, I think you're right, Loretta. I think it's just sort of a, a time and a place. And I don't, I don't see, see Coley Stickles being his long-term answer. Um, I, we don't even know if that's actually the purpose of this. If he's trying to mm-hmm. find a long-term answer, we don't really know what's going on. But I think it's fun. I hope he swims a meet coming down out of it. Um, you know, Coley's best known for his work with sprinters, and Daya is not a sprinter. But, you know, he can coach elite swimmers. So it's probably good for Daya. Dude, how I'm fun sure. would it be if Daya went to, like, a yards meet at, like, a, at a club meet in Arizona and swam the 50 free? Yes. <laughs> coming off that. of altitude with Coley. That would be the best <laughs> yeah. story ever. That's what we need right well, now. But a reminder that Japan is not going to short course worlds. So that sucks. Mm. That's a very good point. That does yeah. suck. It yeah, does. So, so when are we going to get, when are we going to get a daddy Daya racing update? And uh, Unless like Coleman said, he does something domestically here in the States. That might be the next opportunity. I really don't know. I'm Where a little we, surprised um, he didn't show up at us open. I don't know. Like why wouldn't yeah. he? I don't know. When are we going to get the, the, the message that he can race under like Fina's flag, <laughs> right? Like, uh, like uh, oh, Nick Santos yeah. did oh, at, at a World's, few years okay, ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, know. come on guys. But I know there's two Aussies going. So, you know what I mean? Australia is not sending a full fledged team and there's still two going. So maybe he'll, I don't know. He, he is, he, he competes under team Daya. That's literally like his team <laughs> name. So maybe that'll be the flag, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> I want to compete under Team Daya. Right, right. All right. Uh, also announced this morning um, on the international scale was that uh, the U.S. is expected to announce a diplomatic boycott from the 2022 Beijing Olympic win- Winter Olympic Games. Um, thoughts on this? 
I don't think we want to get too deep into the politics on this. Um, I think it's an appropriate response. These kind of things aren't going to change the future of China. China's had a lot of issues, and, and now that's coming into the sports world with the tennis player um, that has been quieted over her sexual abuse allegations. Um, you know, it sends a message. And, and the reason China spends all this money to host the Olympics is to present the best China on the international stage. So anything other countries can do to undercut that reminds them that if they want to be on the international stage, there's scrutiny that comes with that. It's not just sort of celebration. There are other things that go along with the Olympics. I'm glad that we have tabled discussions about, you know, athletic boycotts. Um, the athletes have worked too hard and we, we still feel the fallout of 1980. And I don't think anybody wants to do that again. So I'm glad that that is off the table. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's an appropriate response. I, uh, I, I don't agree, but we'll, <laughs> I, it's just, you know, like Braden said, I mean, it, it delves into more than just sports and, and more of a capacity as a sports journalist. So I personally don't agree, but, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out and, and it's not a done deal. You know, we'll see exactly what happens. I, I, I mean, I have to, I read this and immediately it's just like, it's, it's, it, like Braden said, we're still feeling fallout from the 1980 boycott, but just from last year, right, when COVID was threatening to cancel the the Olympic Games, and it's just like, you have to feel for the athletes, right? Because mm -hmm. even if they can't do anything about it, it's like, like you know, they've the, the work they've put in is substantial, is, oh, you know, yeah. they've dedicated their whole lives. And it's like, just an unfortunate situation to be in as an athlete where it's like, oh, now I can't do this. <laughs> through through no you know through no uh thing fault of my own but mm -hmm. all right uh moving on it's time to play our favorite game on the swim swim breakdown sink or swim first up today on sink or swim it was announced that the 200 medley relay will be on night one of ncaa's along with the 800 free relay uh Relays will be timed finals uh, as they were last year at NCAAs. Um, do we like this timed finals 200 medley relay on night one, much to the chagrin of, of many old schoolers who, who think NCAAs should be uh, a battle of, uh, a battle of grit. I, I don't, I like the prelims finals relays. Um, I think I think most of the excitement at NCAA's is getting into a certain final as much as it is winning that final. Um, and so by eliminating prelims of the relays, so I'm sinking that. Um, I guess I'm swimming, moving it to day one because it will be more fast times. You know, it's it's clear that moving the 800 free relay to a first day resulted in more fast times. Um, and we we all know, in spite of everything the ISL tells us, in spite of everything we want, fast times still do drive the narratives in swimming. Um, and so it will result in more fast times, which I guess is good. I think I think the meet does lose something from its team aspect by doing that. Um, you know, the part of the the intrigue of NCAAs is event choice and all those other things. So I think it does lose a little something from there but I'm going to swim the move to day one. 
Yeah, I'm totally swimming it. I, I think it's like, put a, put it up. You're there. I mean, just blast it from the very first event. Like you have no, like, you can't just like dip your toe in the pool. Like you have to go full force, like do it day one. I'm for it. I I'm, I'm swimming the, uh, the move to day one as well. (laughs) I don't think that there needs to be a day that has two relays. I feel like one relay a day uh, on days where there's individuals is enough. Um, so I like this move a lot moving on, uh, (laughs) Bobby Fink admitted that Katie Ledecky beats him in practice at the university of Florida, her new training base. Is this a knock on Fink or a credit to Ledecky? It's a credit to Ledecky. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of stupid. We, I, I swam on a high school team. It was a very good high school team that had one outstanding um, female swimmer and one outstanding male swimmer and the female swimmer occasionally beat the male swimmer in practice. Like it's, it's just, I don't know. It just happens. Like practice is different than a race. The, the things you're doing in practice are different than what you're doing in a race. So I think it's, it's a credit to Ledecky for sure. And how good she is. Uh, it's kind of fun to laugh at these sort of things, but I, like, I ultimately don't think they're really that big of a deal. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know how you sink or swim this one, but I, I swim that it's a credit to Ledecky because she's just a badass in practice meets anywhere. <laughs> Agreed. Our commenters really, really get into this right. <laughs> of like, of if, if, if it is a knock on Fink or like what's happening or what, but it's like, dude, yeah. Katie Ledecky is just knock awesome. On Fink? He won <laughs> well, as many gold medals as she did. How right. Yeah. The, knock on Fink? And, and people still said, well, he should be training faster than her all the time if he's winning gold medals. And it's like, guys, come on. Like, just go away. If they were doing USRPT. <laughs> that's correct. They are not doing USRPT. Next up on sink or swim, we saw Simone Ceresuolo of Italy down two short course meter world junior records at the Italian short course championships in the 50 and 100 breaststroke. Do we think that that will translate to long course meters medals this summer? Uh, I am sinking Coleman's Italian accent. Uh, I, I am, I am also sinking medals this summer. Um, you know, still hasn't even broken a minute in long course. Uh, and, and we saw Benedetta Pilato as an Italian has taken a little longer to catch up in long course as compared to what she was doing in short course on the women's side. So I am, uh, sinking this Adam. I think Adam Petey will be back. I think within his own country, he's got competition from Martin Nagy and among others. Um, so I am sinking medals this summer, but the future is clearly bright. I'm going to sink medals, but I'm going to swim finals. Can I do that? Because I think he might final. Um, I think he, you know, has proven he, at European Junior Championships, he did medal twice. And okay, yes, he hasn't broken a minute, but he's like one double O, I think eight maybe. Okay. And he already in short course meters dropped significant time. It was, it wasn't like he shaved, you know, a couple hundreds, like he dropped major, major time. And then the records who he broke was Martin Nagy's. So that's kind of like foreshadowing because Nicolo ended up, you know, getting bronze at the Olympics. So, which I know are three years off, but I think it bodes well. So I think it's sync for medals, but I think he's going to final. I'm going to ask Juicy to ask her boy to do one of his, um, 
analysis to see if he thinks he can translate it immediately to long course. We'll get a definitive answer. Okay. Based on the data. <laughs> I think you guys are haters. I'm swimming it all the way. Uh, European. It's because you wrote the question, Coleman. Nope. It was a bad question. It is, it is not. Well, okay. What would your question have been, Braden? Will he final at he Worlds? F- that's yeah. that. I think that's less exciting. I think he'll. Well, I think he'll medal at Euros in the 50 or the 100, which is a big international meet this summer. On oh. the record, write it down, <laughs> etch it in stone. We'll come back to this in July. <laughs> we'll circle back. Uh, <laughs> another Simone, Simone Manuel, was also in headlines this week, named to Forbes' 30 under 30 in sports. Uh, so let's just talk about Simone. Uh, she hasn't, you know, she. this is the only headline she's made since the Olympics. Um, where she finaled in the 50, she won a medal on the four by one free. Um, do we think that Simone will be making an impact on the international stage this summer? This summer, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sink it this summer just because worlds are so early. Um, I don't think her career is over in part because the U.S. still just isn't very good in the sprint freestyles. Um, But I am sinking this coming summer of 2022 because the summer of 2022 is actually the spring of 2022. (laughs) I'm sinking it as well, only for this summer. But I mean, I think it's amazing. Like we saw Kelsey World break the world record in the 100 fly in ISL and she didn't make the own big team, you know, so, and obviously that's long course, short course, but MMEQN is 27 and she, you know, totally tore it up in Tokyo. So I think careers are just a good swim is going to pop up out of nowhere. So I don't think you can ever discount Simone just with her natural talent. I'd love to see her in the ISL. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it, it seems like maybe she thinks she's too good for the ISL or her, her coaches don't like the ISL or there's, mm. you know, not many of the Stanford girls do the ISL. But I, I sort of think maybe that team environment is something that she needs to, to re-spark and reignite mm-hmm. her enthusiasm for swimming. I think it could gain confidence for sure. I mean, I think, you know, the more racing you get under your belt, the more team wins you have, like you said, the camaraderie. So I think it's, there's something to be said for that alone um, for, yeah, keeping that flame going. Yeah. Not doing ISL definitely didn't work. So <laughs> if you're going to try something different, oh, it didn't. Sure. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not being mean, but you know, if <laughs> after that kind of a year, I would try something different and whether yeah. that be training different, whether that be competing different, yeah. I would I would try something different, but I'm not Simone Manuel, and, and maybe that's why. I, I, I agree. I would also love to see Simone in ISL, especially because she was an ambassador for the ISL at one point, but didn't actually compete. But it's like we saw what she could do yards, and she kills mm-hmm. it. So it's mm-hmm. like, dude, come on, get in, the, get in the meters pool. But you guys are being haters again. I'm swimming it. Like Loretta said, <laughs> Like Loretta said, good swims can pop up anywhere. I think she's going to take a long break. I think she's going to get back into training. And I think by April, she's going to be wrecking it and make the international team. And uh, mm-hmm. if, if she makes a final, anything can happen. We know that from Simone. This is true. This is true. Uh, that's all we got for this week's Swim Swim Breakdown. Aww, any fun. Any... <laughs> 
Any any other swimming thoughts you guys have before we sign out? I guess not. We're done. <laughs> I should I should come prepared with an additional thought next time. <laughs> That's okay. This has been the swim swim breakdown. Tune in. Oh, oh, oh. Bonus. Junior's psych sheets. Junior's psych sheets just dropped. Do we think Thomas Hailman can break another six nags? Oh gosh. Sink or swim. <laughs> Six nags, six more nags for Thomas Hamlin. He's got six entries. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, it. I'm thinking it. No, but he's got to get a couple, right? I mean, he was so far ahead in long course records and he's a good short course swimmer. He's got to get a couple. Not six. Yeah. <laughs> that was the question. <laughs> it was. I, yeah, you're right. And again, you guys are just being haters, man. I just, you know what? Real. I'm a realist. I'm not a hater. No, Coleman, just, I think know. he's going to break seven. I think he's going to break the hundred fly twice. <laughs> Leading off the relay. It yes. could happen. It could yes. happen. Yes. <clears throat> All right. This has been the swim swim breakdown. Tune in every week for your week's news in swimming.